Um, let me add my welcome to those that you've already received. Um, yeah, I'm Jessie, um, we're going to speak tonight. Um, we have like the clock counting down, but not actually. We've actually got heaps of time for today. Um, yeah, at 6.30 we're going to have a bit of a break and um, watch the fireworks. And, um, yeah, that's right. Um, so how it's going to roll tonight, just so you're aware, um, in case you were unsure about um, what we're doing in Blueprint at the moment, we're in a series that um, is called Pretty Receive, Pretty Good. Um, for the last four weeks, or three weeks, including in this week, um, we've discussed stories from across the Gospels of the radical servant-hearted love Jesus demonstrated and the gifts that God dearly wants to give us. Um, so yeah, uh, three weeks ago, Justin spoke about Pentecost um, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is here on each of us today. Um, the Spirit of God that lives in us and um, gives us the power that Jesus had every day. Um, and we looked at how this gift kind of allowed the church to overcome spiritual depression, which came at just the time when a lot of us were feeling um, really oppressed and attacked. So we started by remembering as followers of Christ, we have the victory um, in the Spirit, which helps us see God's kingdom come. And then um, two weeks ago, we had Rose, and she looked at Jesus washing his disciples' feet, and we spent some time reflecting on the uncomfortable and countercultural love that Jesus showed to his disciples. Um, and that was kind of like echoed by Scotty praying over my feet um, earlier today. Um, yeah, good time. But um, uh, for those of us that were there on that Sunday, um, we spent some time um, doing this practice, like living this out practically by washing each other's hands and feet. And in doing so, I remembered that the one who humbled himself to show love to us is the one that we serve. And then last week, we had Ali speak on Mary and Martha and the gift of sitting at the Lord's feet. Um, a gift that we learn will never be taken away. And I really want to build particularly on that, um, what she spoke of as she reflected of her learning to see God in the everyday, um, in moments that might otherwise be forgotten. So yeah, we come to this week and today's service will be a bit different. We've got fireworks, but also we've got um, a bit more space to reflect in this week. Um, you might notice that there are a lot of cushions sitting over here where chairs usually are. Um, we're a smaller group, so um, as it comes to the end of my time speaking, feel free to spread out. Um, Rose put up a prompt to maybe bring your journal along and we've got some paper and pens and things, I think, as well. Um, but uh, I really want... In thinking about what Ali shared last week, this like sitting at the feet of God and the spaciousness um, of being in God's presence, I really want to encourage you to notice um, what you notice in this passage. Um, yeah, what is God saying to you um, in all of this? Um, so tonight there might be some silence. There's going to be a little bit less singing than usual. Um, but the hope is that in the space we remember that God is with us. Um, and the other thing I want to remember is that this week is kind of like this hinge week where we've had all this like great learning about how to receive and hopefully some of us have received some healing and some freedom and some gifts. Um, but next week we are pivoting and we're looking outwards to um, how to freely give. Um, and this week kind of hinges that and um, kind of covers both. So the verses that we're looking yeah, today, um, quite literally form a hinge in terms of the narrative of the Gospels. Um, it's one of the last moments before Jesus kind of turns towards Jerusalem. Um, so I just wanted you to kind of think about that as like 
as we begin to pray, like as we continue to praise God for the gifts that he's given us, um, what he might be calling, um, where he might be calling us to give. Cool. So, the passage. Um, blind Bartimaeus receives sight. So it's um, Luke 18, verses 35. And I'm going through to 43, even though in the books it stops at 42. Let's take a moment and I'll just read. Um, You might want to close your eyes and just think about what God might be saying to you in this. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing the crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. So this is this beautiful little story um, with so many little moments in it. Um, that might get forgotten and overlooked and hopefully a bunch of you guys would have already spent some time discussing it in seasonal guide groups but I encourage you um, if you haven't um, spend some time in this passage there's so much in there Um, I spoke on the same passage this morning in Lyle Bay and afterwards just really felt like tonight I needed to focus on one of my main points but then I realised you can't really do a one point sermon Um, so (laughs) I'm going to focus on three questions that come out of this little interaction at the end there um, between Jesus and Bartimaeus. Um, Where Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight, your faith has made you well. So within each of these three questions, Jesus shows something about what the kingdom of God is that we too wait expectantly to see. And since this is a key thing in what I'm speaking about tonight, and I think kind of across the whole Gospels, um, just really quickly, when I talk about the kingdom of God, um, we often think of ourselves being in this time, um, this in-between time, this already not yet. Um, Jesus has won and has brought the new kingdom on earth, but it's not yet here in its fullness. Sin and darkness are still a very real presence in our world. And living as people of this kingdom, we are called to faithfully live out and bring this kingdom to earth. And um, N.T. Wright says that our task is not just to save souls, but to anticipate the eventual renewal by working for God's kingdom in the wider world, bringing healing and hope in the present life. So that's kind of just to frame up these three questions. And just quickly, you may have picked up that Bartimaeus is not actually used at all in that story. Um, We get that knowledge from Mark's version. And there's a couple of cool details that I'll be pulling from that as well. 
So, the first question, what do I hope for? Barty's answer to Jesus' question shows that he had hope in Jesus. The one who he had not seen, but had probably heard of before. And in Mark's version of the story, there's this beautiful moment where the crowd says to Barty, cheer up, Jesus is calling to you. And leaping up, throwing his cloak aside, Barty runs to Jesus. And this cloak would have probably been Barty's most useful possession in the world. It would have probably been what he sat on during the day. It's what he used to protect himself at night. And his hope in Jesus as his saviour, the son of David, is so great that he throws all of this aside. And started out with probably the most uncomfortable part of the message for me. Because this question, what do I hope for, is so... It's still such a learning for me. Um, how often do I actually ask for God, ask God for what I want? How many caveats do I want to put around asking for God um, for what I want? And I think so many of us in this room will have hoped for things and seen this unfilled. And so I think there's a real, real tendency to go, oh, I kind of hope for this but I'll actually just ask for this. Um, Mark Johnson at Dyer Training Day earlier this year talked about how much we actually ask of God and where we don't ask because we don't want to risk actually living in faith. And we hear stories that perhaps they haven't been true for you and so it gets really hard to risk. Um, and then we just kind of buy into this narrative that um, we can just do it in our own strength we won't ask for that because we're just going to become cynical and we're just going to be disappointed. This is part of living in the kingdom that is to break through but isn't here in its fullness. We still find ourselves living into the lies that diminish our hope. We sink back to what we can do in our own strength. We begin to act much like this world expects us to act. We begin to shrink our vision of what it is possible to hope for. And if there's been anything that these last four weeks have shown me over this series, it's that we need to learn how to hope again. We have this to offer. Be assured that Jesus Christ is good news to the poor, release for the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and liberty to those who are oppressed. We are sure that Jesus gives us a model of living to follow, he gives us the spirit to do things far more amazing than he ever did. And he gives us picture after picture of what the fullness of kingdom looks like. I believe that Jesus still sees us and calls us over. I believe that Jesus still asks us what we want him to do for us. And I believe we can hope that the kingdom of God is coming and that that is good news for everyone. So the first question, what do I hope for? The second question, who do I trust? Jesus turns to Barty after he's been addressed by him as the son of David. Bear in mind that Barty is blind and living in Jericho. He would not have seen anything. He would have just heard of this one from Nazareth and made a link that very few have made at this point. Jesus is the Messiah. To be the Messiah is to be the one who saves, to restore Israel. Throughout the Bible, there are promises of what this Messiah will look like, and Jesus met them all, but very few saw this. So trust. 
Bari in calling out is trusting that the Messiah will hear and have compassion. Just as it is hard to sometimes hope for what we cannot see, it is hard to trust. Recently, I've been on this journey with God around bread making. Um, and um, if you've noticed that the bread has suddenly got way harder for Scotty to break <laughs> recently, it's because I've been making it. Sorry about that. But, you know, at least we don't have freezer burned loaves, except for this week where the loaf turned out a bit like a stone. And so um, we've got a freezer, freezer loaves this week. Ironic. Um, <laughs> But yeah, bread making. At the beginning of this year, um, one of my colleagues had this picture of me um, eating bread that was just for me. Um, and I was like, cool, that's a bit strange. But then it kept coming up, this passage in John where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Um, these, yeah, uh, in this year, which has been a heap of unknowns, there was this real sense of um, Jesus wanting to meet um, me in my need which hasn't always been easy when I want to meet my needs myself. And what started as a bit of a, like, oh, I'll just try making bread, um, has turned into this big spiritual practice where um, on my Sabbath, on Friday, I um, make the sourdough and it takes out hours. It, like, yeah, our house is just always full of little bits of sourdough that have got onto the toaster and things like that, and I end up covered in it. But um, it's the slow process and as I spend this slow time kneading the bread um, and watching it come together, I, um, I spend the time talking to God and particularly think about what is the bread that I need for today? What are my needs? What do I need today, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally? What do those around me need? And as the bread slowly comes together, I remember, again, God is feeding me daily. And sometimes trusting God and hoping that he'll meet our needs for the long term is too much. And if that's you, um, that was me too. And I just encourage you, maybe ask God for those small needs, those little things. Felt like for me there was this huge revelation and God kind of like being like, it's okay, just trust me today and then we'll work on tomorrow. And then just trust me today and we'll work on tomorrow as we go forward. And then, um, yeah, there was just this really beautiful moment where I was talking to God and just being like, I just need, like, real joy. Um, and I turned up to the chaplaincy and we spent some time in the chapel and um, my friend there, Carol, just, like, starts singing this, like, the most ridiculous, joyful, like, we're like, is it even a song? It's just like... <laughs> couple of words but um yeah just singing la la jesus and it was just crazy <laughs> and anyone who was at Eatblad knows how stupid this is but like it was just this beautiful moment of like this big smile coming across my face and me looking around at these people who loved me and cared for me and got kind of being like see i got this um <laughs> yeah it was really beautiful um, and so slowly he's showing me that I can risk in him and trust that it will be okay. Trust is kind of like walking without a light on. And just like Barty saw the Messiah before he had regained his sight, maybe we are being led by the hand one step at a time to sit at our Saviour's feet. So who do I trust? What do I hope for? And the third question, what do I desire?
And this is changing tack a little bit here and maybe pivoting up towards um, giving. Barty gives an honest answer to Jesus when he says, what do you want me to do for you? And there are so many references to God giving us what we ask for in the Bible. Um, and like so many have been taken and twisted. Um, and I think of particularly Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope in the future. We can begin to fall into two camps. One that says like, oh, those have been so twisted and taken out of their context. Nah, prayer is like not actually something we can never expect to see the miraculous. And in doing so, we kind of buy into this narrative that we have to be self-sufficient and we have to desire independence. And the other side of that is that we kind of just see these as prayer as a tool to get what we desire. And in doing so, we kind of buy into the narrative that everything is just a matter of hard work and technique. We just have to get better in ourselves. And obviously, neither of these are true. The kingdom of God isn't ordered according to either one of these. We are called to walk according to a different way. So Augustine says that we are guided by our desires, and Jesus brings our desires into alignment with God's righteousness. So what does it look like to desire the kingdom? We see this glimpse of what it might be to be in the kingdom when this crowd breaks into spontaneous praise at Barty's healings. To begin with, Barty is disconnected from his community. They had failed him. No one had taken him in when he got blind. Um, you know, he was sitting there begging. Um, when Jesus responds to Barty's request in the Greek, it just says one word, see. And I wonder whether Jesus was also kind of saying this to the crowd. Like, see, this is the power that I have. This is who I am. I am the one who will take you to righteousness. Takes an extra step to move from simply praising God for the things we have seen to living out as disciples of Christ. We have a bit of time now. Um, and there are these three questions. Um, very soon there will be fireworks um, and we'll use that time to maybe reflect and see um, something with our eyes. Um, and then we'll come back to um, a time of worship and worship will look quite different today. Um, Rashan and Nick have um, some musical time, like soundscapes, I guess, um, to guide us through reflection and I'll be guiding you along. Um, but um, I just maybe want to invite you guys to turn to the person next to you now um, and think about these three questions. Um, what do I hope for? What do I trust in? And what do I desire? And think about which one maybe God is calling you to focus on for this time. Um, what God might be saying to you. So we'll just do that now and then we'll kind of move over this way and then... Um, yeah, have a bit of a, a break time and come back to reflect some more.